And uh, I just wanted to try to podcast again. (laughs) I'm trying to do it once a week. I'm also having to kind of keep my voice low right now because my grandchild is asleep in the other room. You know, I'm still really struggling. I factor it's going to take a long time not to be. Grief is a very odd beast. It really is. Some days I... um, Well, I wake up and I'm really halfway okay. I've even had brief moments of comfort and happiness. I've been able to, you know, momentarily see what my life would look like afterward. And hopefully that will still include love because I feel like I deserve it. And, um, you know, (laughs) didn't expect to get left at this age. So I haven't given up. That's for certain. But of course, I am um, <laughs> nowhere near ready for that right now. But still, I think the only way through this is to imagine the life that will come that I didn't expect, you know? There's something in the imagining of it that makes it possible. And uh, yeah, I need it to be possible, y'all. I need it to be possible that I feel loved. But toward that end, I've made a decision. I've got this beautiful tent and uh, I was thinking about putting it up outside here on the property and inviting someone to come just like live with me-ish, you know, out in the yard. I don't know, for a little bit of time so that I can get help out here and not give up the farm altogether. There's no way I can do it by myself. And just thinking about that, just, you know, like really digging into that idea. And I have made, well, I have made some progress toward that in the last 24 hours. And uh, I think it could be good for someone who needs to get away for a while. You know, nothing permanent. And thinking about that gives me a little bit of joy because I did think I had to give up the farm. And it's not that much work. It really isn't. Especially since I know how to tend everything and take care of everything once it's all in the ground. But it's more like the heavy lifting I can't do. And well, to be honest, I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm lonely in this endeavor and I've got a lot to teach about farming and growing and and all manner of things. So I'm going to set it up. It has a wood-burning stove in it and a bed. We have a well on the property, and thanks to the Bat Children Ball, we also now have internet on the property. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. It was, I guess, magical thinking, you know? What in the hell am I going to do with this big-ass tent (laughs) that I bought for the ball and now I'm out here by myself? And I really don't want anybody living in my itty-bitty tiny house because I babysit my grandbaby a couple of days a week. And, you know, it could be 
traumatic for her, and I don't want that. But then I was thinking, well, I've still got to pay on this stupid tent <laughs> for a year, and I thought I was going to have two incomes, and and so I think I'm going to invite somebody to come out here and live a little while, or at least like a couple of days a week, whatever they need. Magical thinking is very hard to do when you're in trauma, and so I, I reckon I'm doing it in baby steps, you know. I think when I was talking to y'all all these years, um, since, what was it, 2019, I was always talking to y'all about past trauma. It's an adjustment for me to be talking to you about current trauma. <laughs> um, I've had so many folks ask me, are you not casting for you? And the answer is still, no, I'm not. I'm not casting for me or against anyone. I don't believe that. I don't judge other people for doing it, but I'm in a position right now that I, I cannot think that way. And I will hurt someone right now. You know, I go through periods of horrible agony and grief. Usually early in the morning when I wake up and I realize it's still real. And then I go through these horrible fits of rage for being betrayed in this way after 15 years of marriage. And um, y'all, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> when I was younger, I would have gone out there and I would have laid it down hard. And it would have made me feel better. But too many times I did things like that and I regretted it later and I saw... I mean, I saw it all come to fruition and I saw people get hurt and magic is not as bippity-boppity-boo in reality as we think it is. It's effective, but rarely is it instant. And, you know, the whole wrinkling of the nose from Bewitched is an, or Harry Potter with his wand. In my magic and in my experience, it does fully come to fruition. And, um... I usually insert markers so that I can tell that it has. I'm very careful with that. I'm also very careful with the skill of how to do that. But in my experience, and maybe I'm just slow, y'all, but it takes a minute. It takes a moon or two or even three for it to land. Now, of course, I'm talking about proper spellcrafting, but... Tuning in to another person and getting your mark tight, that's a little bit different. Either way I go, I know I'm in no emotional condition to be fucking with the magical realm that way. But it doesn't mean I haven't done anything. It just means I haven't used my energy because I need it. What I have done as I've walked out there and landed on my hands and knees and um, screamed for my ancestors, <laughs> beat the ground, and begged for the goddess I have dedicated myself to, to hold me right now, to show me what to do right now, to be there for me right now. You know, it's a two-way street with us anyway. And... I've spent some of this time while I'm in this much pain rededicating myself and 
setting up altars and, um, you know, just getting reconnected as much as possible. And I don't, I don't know, because I'm in so much trauma, I don't know if it was the mix of my ancestors and my rededication, or if I'm just so raw right now that I'm more, I don't know, astute or sensitive to what's happening around me. But I'm getting messages all day. And I don't mean whispers in my ear. (laughs) I'm getting actual clues as to what I need to be doing. I wish I had someone to talk with me right now on this podcast because I'm trying to do it all by myself and this much grief. And uh, I don't know what other witches do when they're in horrible grief, when they're in trauma. This is actual trauma. Um, I have a therapist now. And it is, uh, it's trauma, the waking up in the middle of the night screaming, uh, the panic attacks in the yard, the overwhelming feeling of agoraphobia, which is uh, the way my trauma always expresses itself. (laughs) And I've been fighting through that. I've been fighting really hard through that. I also have very serious PTSD from other events that have happened in the past and I am navigating all of this suddenly without warning at a time that I thought I was safe. I did. I thought I was safe. And I don't know. I thought I was safe to let my hair go gray. You know, I thought I was safe to not be abandoned. I thought I was safe to make plans and get loans and go into debt. I was not safe um, for any of that. At all. Just because I say everything that's in my head doesn't mean that other people are transparent. And anyway, this has been very rough on my magic. And I don't know what's happened to yours when you've gone through serious trauma. But quite honestly, the only thing I can do with it right now is fall. Let's just fall into everything I've ever built or known every relationship with the land and every relationship with my ancestors and, of course, the primary one with my mother goddess. And um, that's all I have right now. But that doesn't mean that what I'm doing isn't magical, you know? I don't have to be creating a very thoughtful spell and uh, enacting it to move forward. I don't have to be. I think we think of magic sometimes as being... I don't know, such an active thing. And I think I could even accuse myself of saying that, (laughs) that it's a verb. (laughs) And it's not always bad children. Sometimes it's walking out underneath the cold moon and uh, letting the chills rush over your arms and not fighting it, not fighting the discomfort of the cold, you know, for like five minutes. And You know, just really basking in that reflected sunlight off such a beautiful, beautiful globe. And um, I got really still out there and I found magic there. Doesn't always have to be about me, you know. Doesn't always have to be something I'm casting or doing or manipulating. (laughs) Because it's all around us and it has everything to do with nature. So, yeah, I think I'm giving myself permission to just be in it right now and uh, let it wash over me. I don't know if you've ever been in that position, but that's where I am. 
that's where I am right now. And also, one of the hardest things to do in the whole world, it doesn't matter how they treated you. It really doesn't. For me, one of the hardest things is not being able to talk to the person who did this to me. How ridiculous, really. I should want to rail and scream. And sometimes I do want to rail and scream. But the ache is really about not being able to pick up the phone or sit on a porch or work through it with the person that did it, you know? And so I'm listening to my therapist about that, y'all. And I'm writing out letters that I burn. And I know we all did this as children, but I'm doing it now at this age. And I'm also telling the trees. I tell you what, I've had some damn good friends out there in the woods. They'll listen if you get their vibration and you can speak on it. It it just, um, they have things they want to say too about the situation and they're pretty pissed off. (laughs) They're pretty angry. I keep getting these waves of possibility and possible, like almost happy, (laughs) almost. Um, they're, they're crazy. They just ride over me for a little while and everything feels like it's not over yet for me, for my heart, that things are going to be beautiful again. And then of course I crash from them and I'm not used to this. I, um, kind of always have like the same mood, pretty stable on moods, but grief will take you on a roller coaster. So I'm writing down everything. I want to be able to look back almost like a science experiment (laughs) I want to do an anatomy of grief and abandonment. And I want to be able to see what worked and what didn't work and what led me to a more magical, authentic self and what took me away from that process. I'm taking down the little notes and signs I'm getting and thinking through that as well. Anyway, one of the things that I'm doing to get through, because it's also additionally winter, right? Damn, y'all, it's always been hard for me. Always. But damn, if this isn't the hardest one I've ever experienced in my 57 years on this planet. So, seed catalogs, y'all, it's like uh, farmer porn. (laughs) And um, I'm trying to think out of the box, like, I don't have to do what I've always done. I can do something crazy out here. I could fill that whole damn high tunnel with flowers if I want to. Okay, y'all, I had to take a break. I've been very honest with y'all that podcasting is hard for me right now. And I'm finding my my new feet as a single witch. And I needed to think out what I wanted to say tonight. Something that would maybe matter. Who knows, right? But since I, I really never do podcast notes, and and since I've always said I would be honest with you, Here's what's actually in my head these days. There's this weird phenomenon that happens with me, and I know it happens with other witches. I've talked to other witches about it. Some of us, while we can see, while we know the damage that's coming for another person, and we know that they are making a horrible decision and that they're going to pay for that, and we want to stop them. You know, we want to halt them. And I'm not talking about common sense. I'm not talking about obvious bad choices. I'm talking about that weird feeling you get in your gut 
when someone's telling you what they're going to do and how some of us can, I don't know, for a lack of a better way to put it, envision what is coming for them. Um, It's not something we want to do. It's not something that I'm trying to do as a witch. It is almost instantaneous. And when someone has hurt me really badly or betrayed me really horribly, and especially if that human being is in any kind of an oath-bound situation with me, I almost want to warn them. (laughs) You know, I want to warn them. And later on, I might even get accused of having cast it on them in some way because things go so badly afterward. This is one of the reasons I won't actively cast in heartbreak of any kind. And quite honestly, I don't tend to do it while I'm still really angry. And I don't get really angry a lot anymore, honey. The older you get, the less that happens. And when you do, it's really righteous rage. But you really want to warn them. You know, there's no need in me casting for myself. There's no need in me standing on a porch and thumping my stab into the the dirt. There's no need in any of it. Because, um, mama's already pissed. And it becomes ever so much worse if I turn to her and I say, yeah, I need justice. I'm, I'm heartbroken. I need justice. I know you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever experienced it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I wrote about karma a long, long time ago, very far away on a blog post. And most folks are just wholly confused about how karma actually works. (laughs) Or at least what the culture would tell us from which it was born. I'm not talking about karma. If I had to wait on karma, oh, honey, I'm talking about what my grandma called the touch And I know some movies have called it that too. And there's a reason for that, honey bunnies. Bat children, it's real. I'm not talking about servitors that I would create for myself. If you don't know what those are, go look it up, hon. I'm not talking about other witches casting for me. Because I have not asked for that. And I'm not talking about puppets. I'm not talking about any of that shit. I'm leaning into the microphone to tell you that some of us There are some of us who have crafted these deep relationships with our whatever you want to call it, deity, god, goddess, whatever. But it gets complicated when you also craft that with the trees and the land and the spirits of that land and your ancestors and the sun and the moon. And when it becomes one thing, well, the olden world doesn't stand by when one of their babies gets fucked. That's what I'm talking about. And in my experience, I've heard other witches blame other witches. I've heard people blame me when they've broken a vow or done something horrible to me and I just walk away. Um, I didn't do it. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't have to do it. Uh, duck, you know, duck. These are some of the reasons that we need to craft these relationships. Although many of us do so anyway, whether or not we'll ever need them, or at least it's not in our thinking that we might, you feel me? We craft them anyway. 
because it feels right. It feels like I never fit into my family. It feels like I never really fit into my town. It feels like I only fit in somewhere in the realm between dusk and dawn. And there's some sort of deep change that happened in me long ago where I was adopted. (laughs) And uh, I belong there now. And this family, y'all, this family doesn't play. You hurt one of their own and, well, well, I guess now you know why there's uh, a little bit of worry in my chest right now. I do worry. I do. I really do. And I've, I've gotten in the way of it before. I, I've stood in the path of that justice that comes and ended up getting my hair singed. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm not inactive. Y'all, I've spent a lifetime building these relationships, building these trust and building these connections. But I have loyalty too. But it works two ways. It works both ways. And they saw it coming. Uh, I think I told y'all in one of my podcasts, they saw it coming. I know it sounds silly. And I'm not a woo-woo kind of witch. But it was ridiculous. I was getting 911 on everything. If you go back and listen you'll hear it. I was getting 911 when I walked past the coffee maker. <laughs> um, whenever my partner would text me, it would be 911. Whenever I would stop a podcast to go potty or whatever, I would look at the number listed there and it was 911. It got so intense that I threw my phone across the room one time because I was like, well, what the fuck does this even mean? How helpful are you if I can't figure out what that is? However, I wasn't trying to see. It's fully on me that I didn't look. I didn't want to believe that somebody could betray me this way. So there are signs. There are actual signs that make their way into the physical realm. But there are also movements of magic and justice and decisions that make their way into the physical realm. And if you don't believe that, honey, you aren't a witch. I mean, why even try to forge these connections, these relationships, these fealties, these blood bonds? Why even try if we don't believe that? If we don't believe that there is a traversing of the realms somewhere happening, and there is. And I'm telling you, honey, if you are loved, and I usually tell my children, If you are loved by the woods and the sky, baby, your ancestors, the moon and the stars, God help the one that stands in your way. There's literally no hope for anyone who would ever break you, hurt you, betray you. I don't know about y'all's, but mine, well, she's she's jealous. She's a very jealous goddess. She doesn't put up with a lot of assattery. And this human being... Well, I'm not going to go any further. Lots of human beings in my past have taken my attention away. They certainly have. And when they do, they better be worthy. And I can't speak to what a male god would do. I don't disrespect that. But I also have literally no ground to stand on. I have no idea what a male god would do. If you hurt one of his, I have no idea. But honey... We all know the old saying that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. 
And you will notice, I don't have a lot of fury. That's because I'm very concerned about my big mama and her fury. And I think it's enough for all of us. I really think it's enough. And uh, I'm going to get out of her way. Now, healing, that's on me. I mean, she's there. And she's given me all kinds of guidance. I have so many ideas. I'm really getting there. I mean, it's in baby steps. It's only been, what, almost two months? Baby steps. But I think folks forget the other connections we forged, the communion that we forged with other things. They also have protection. They also have healing. So honestly, sometimes I just go outside and lean on the oak tree and listen. I'll talk. I don't have to. <laughs> it is my contention that trees, but specifically oak trees, Work on a whole other vibration, and honey, the English language is just too crude. (laughs) I think, I think my big old grandfather, Oak, I think he gets it without me saying a word. And I just lean in. I guess that makes me a tree hugger, huh? Yeah, well, he's formidable. So, my job right now is to not make spell packets and poppets and roll around burning things. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. It is to continue to nourish and feed these connections that I've done all of my life. Now, listen, let me go ahead and call myself out. I hear me. And I wasn't saying this seven weeks ago. I wasn't saying it two weeks ago. But as the bleeding is slow to a trickle, I could hear over my own screams. And there was something else talking. What I need to do right now, what I have to do right now if I want to survive, is to lean into my connections. And I'm not talking about people, honey. That could be dangerous, actually. Oh, I mean, I'm listening to my friends and I'm happy to be in their arms. I mean, they can't carry the rock of this. Only the olden ones can carry the rock of this Only the olden ones can bring me justice. Only the olden ones can hear my real scream. So, no, I'm not casting. My energy is somewhere else. I've run back to the bosom of the old ones. And that's where I'm going to stay. Occasionally leaning out to talk to y'all until my feet work again. And I love y'all. And I thank you for still being there, if you are. Specifically, I thank my Patreon. My God, I cannot. (laughs) You know, I cannot, y'all. How in the hell did you stay through all of this? Through the lack of content, through me fucking things up. I told y'all I want to make you proud. I want to show you what it looks like to have someone try to break you and tear everything into you ever believed in. And what a witch does. That's what I'm doing. But you stayed. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Well, let's see where that gets us. I have no idea. I've been surprised before (laughs) by the future. I'll be surprised again. All that matters is I'm not really making the decisions right now. I'm in somebody's lap. Because no matter how we get, a broken witch needs to be cradled for a while. It's just I don't think humans can do it. 
So that's, I'm talking to you from the woods tonight, bad children. I'm talking to you from the woods. And this is where I am. I'll let you know where I am next week. Love you like chicken. Blessed be y'all. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.